0: You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 496. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP 496. there check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself yeah you know those situations where your boss asks you to take on yet another project at work or your partner asks you what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, believing in yourself, and could use a little help with boundaries or navigating tough conversations, you are in the right place. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, master hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be sounding off solo, and other times you'll hear amazing convo, With super smart folks offering you tangible, easy to implement tools so that you can powerfully start telling the bold faced truth. Yes. Well, hello, audience. Amy here. And we are continuing with our focus around communication. The last two episodes, I've been talking a lot about how to communicate effectively, some hacks that can be really, really helpful, how to control your tone of voice. So be sure to check out those last two episodes if you have a difficult time communicating effectively with people in your life. And today we're going to talk about a specific sort of nuanced way of speaking up for yourself, and that is to have difficult conversations. Yay, everybody's favorite. (laughs) So here's the deal. Nobody likes this, for the most part, unless you are incredibly combative and a bit of a contrarian (laughs) or love to get a rise out of people, most of us Don't love the idea of sitting down and having a difficult conversation with someone. I think part of the process is recognizing that this is going to be uncomfortable. But there's a flip side to staying silent. So if the alternative of staying silent as opposed to being vocal is feeling really appealing because you don't want to go through that awkwardness and that uncomfortableness and gosh, what are they going to think and how am I going to show up? It's totally normal that you would not want that, but the opposite side, the payoff, the cost of that is a total threat to your self-worth. Because every time that you decide that someone else's wants, opinions, and needs, or emotions are more important than yours, you are sending a subconscious message to yourself that you just don't matter as much as someone else. So when I'm talking to you about boundaries or difficult conversations or speaking up for yourself, I'm not doing it because it's some sort of arbitrary personal growth exercise. I'm sharing it with you because it is directly related to how you feel about your own self-worth. So think about any time you are going to engage with a boundary conversation or a difficult, challenging communication issue, You are doing that. You're flexing that new muscle in order to amplify your sense of self-worth. I'm going to walk you through an eight-step process, and I would highly suggest that you grab a pen and paper or an iPad or something like that and take some notes because a lot of this stuff that I'm going to share with you is going to be very difficult to just call upon in the middle of a difficult interaction. You will want to have this near you and you will also want to take notes. You will want to practice over and over and over again because what you have to remember is if you have been used to either dealing with difficult issues that arise with someone else by shutting down and not saying anything, the whole sweep it under the rug, or being super loud and adversarial and yelling and screaming to deal with opposition, then this is going to feel really clunky and it's new, it's awkward. And so your mind, your subconscious mind will send in all of the inner critic chatter to say, are you sure it's safe for us to speak up? Shouldn't we just do what we've always done, which is stay quiet and or stonewalled the other person and or thrown huge fits and just yelled and screamed. If you're doing anything that's different from your normal go-to, it's going to raise alarm bells in your mind and that inner critic will come in and go, see, this doesn't work or see, no, you should just stay doing what you've always done. So what I want you to recognize is that even now, I'll have situations where I will have to preface the conversation and say, This is going to be super clunky, and I am going to do my absolute best to say everything as kindly as I possibly can. And just having a little bit of a disclaimer can be super helpful. So that's a little bonus tip there for you. Let's walk through these. Number one, we're going to start with getting really clear about your specific request before you engage in the conversation. Now, that also is something that we should talk about here. What we're discussing today is when you are able to broach a topic with somebody in the future. We're not talking about getting caught off guard or what to say when you don't know what to say. We're talking about there's a very serious issue. Maybe it's something going on with your in-laws or the holidays are coming up and you've made some different decisions than you have in the past about where you're going to be visiting. And the conversation is on the horizon. It's not somebody walking into your office demanding something from you and you feeling caught off guard. So number one is going to be about getting super clear on what you want to ask this person for or what your request is going forward. And I'm going to give you a recipe, a formula to craft exactly what has happened for you and a real clear cut way of how to deliver that. The reason why this is so important and why I often will stress making a request or saying here's what I would love for us to work on or here's the change I'd really like to see, what are your thoughts, is because most of the time when we engage with other people, we just spew all of our grievances. And if you've ever been in a managerial role in your life, It is really frustrating when your subordinates come to you and they only want to fucking complain, and they don't necessarily bring any solutions to the table. Now, I'm not saying that the complaints are the problem at all. I'm just saying it can be so much more fruitful if you say, here's some of my ideas on how we can rectify this, or here's what I would love to request going forward. Here's the recipe that I want you to think about. And this is the first item of business if you know you need to approach someone and talk something through. The recipe is threefold. First, you state, here's what happened, slash, here's the issue. So here's the nuts and bolts of what is going on the problem, the issue, what happened. Then you're going to talk about, here's how that landed for me, here's my interpretation. Here's my experience because a lot of times, far more often than we give it credence, people are not necessarily causing harm on purpose. For example, let's say you've been that person in your workplace who is so damn efficient but doesn't ever speak up about such an incredible workload that they just think, oh, Amy will take care of it. Oh, Amy loves to take care of that. Or, oh, she can easily fix that. Or, yeah, just give it to Amy. Because if you don't ever speak up about it, people sometimes think that you either A, love doing that thing, or B, it's super fucking easy for you. So there are many instances where we feel really victimized or harmed or stressed or overwhelmed, and that other person does not mean for us to incur that level of overwhelm. You need to at least give people the opportunity to be what you need. Now, if you've gone through all of these steps that we're going to talk today and you conduct yourself really well and you boundary your ass off and people just don't give a shit, then we have a completely different issue on our hands, okay? But I think, again, more often than not, people aren't usually maliciously intended and there's often a rational thought on their behalf of, I'm sure if it was that serious, Amy would say something. I'm sure if it was that big of a deal or if she had an issue with it, I'm sure she would say something. Now, all of the recovering perfectionists and people pleasers out there are like, uh, she sure as fuck won't. (laughs) No, she does not actually speak up. She will not actually tell you. But that's what we are trying to shift and change. And then finally, The third part of this recipe is here's my request, okay? So those three steps that are under that recipe, here is what happened slash here's the issue, here's my interpretation, and here's my request. That will give you a great journal prompt to prepare for this conversation. And just to make it super complicated, that recipe, that three-step recipe falls underneath number one, Get clear on your specific request before the talk. I have often called this gearing up, preparing, going in with some sort of an intention. Let's look at an example. Let's say that you find out that your partner has spent money on something or purchased something for the home and didn't run it by you, and you're not necessarily on board. Maybe it's something that you think is frivolous or not necessary or... An unwise use of the family finances. If you are running through that issue and you know you want to address it with that person and you're looking at this recipe, you're going, okay, here's what happened. Here's the issue. What happened was my partner chose to purchase such and such thing for the house and did not tell me about it. My interpretation. So this is not about right or wrong. This is about how it landed for you. So you're not necessarily saying to that other person, you're wrong. You're awful. I hate you. Why do you do this? You're saying, here's what that behavior said to me. Here's how it landed over here. And right in this portion is where you want to talk about how it feels, your emotions. This is the vulnerability place. Now, The only caveat there is you must feel safe with that person being vulnerable. So using this example, maybe you say to your partner, listen, it's not so much about the actual purchase, but what that said to me was, I don't care as much about what Amy has to say. I don't care if it's something she does or doesn't want. I'm going to do this no matter what. So it makes me feel disrespected or not valued or like what I want doesn't matter. And that's really, really painful to me. And finally, you would state your request. I'm wondering if next time around we can have some sort of system. Maybe it's if either one of us want to spend money more than $200, let's say, or $250 that Up until that amount, no big deal. You can make whatever choices you want. But beyond that limit, that is something that we're both agreeing that we will have a conversation before we choose to make that purchase. What do you think about that as a solution? Or what if we have a certain amount of money per month that that we put into a house fund? And that way, if either one of us want to purchase stuff for the house, We have to make sure that we have that in the house fund already, or we have a list of things that we want to purchase for the house. You know, throwing out ideas and saying, here's my request, is that we handle this differently, and these are my thoughts. These are my suggestions about how that might be possible. All right, so that's the biggest, bulkiest part of the preparation. Number two is going to be getting conversational consent. Just like you would not want somebody to say to you, hey, I really need to talk to you. Do you have time tomorrow? And then all day and all night, and then the next morning, you're stressing out going, what the fuck do they want to talk to me about? Oh my God, oh my God, what is it? And your mind is going in a million miles a minute and all these different directions. And if you're anxious, you are probably catastrophizing. So we're not going to do that to anyone else because nobody likes that. But getting conversation consent is so incredibly important for a number of different reasons. One is we want to set you up for success as best as we can. And if someone feels caught off guard, like you're ready to talk and you're like ready to litigate, it's almost like a lawyer going in to court and not being prepared, but the other lawyer is. The opposing counsel is totally ready and you're not. So in interpersonal relationships, If one party feels completely caught off guard, they will naturally go into their fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. They will naturally be defensive. And that's not very helpful if you want to be heard. And that's what we all want. We want to be heard. We want to be understood. So getting conversational consent is also going to be important because you're honoring the place that that person is in. So it shows an extreme amount of respect. So instead of your, your best friend coming over and you're like, hey, I need to run, I need to tell you all this stuff and I need to talk to you and you're just bombarding them right when you see them, you're saying, hey, I respect you enough that if you just had a shit day or had a difficult time with your kids or your partner and now your bestie wants to have a real difficult conversation, I recognize that you might not be ready for that. So conversation consent also is emblematic of the respect you have for that other party. So it's showing respect and it's also setting you up for success. A couple ways to say, I need to talk to you without saying, we need to talk. (laughs) Because that will immediately pull defenses up. A couple of ideas. You can say things like, hey, there's been some stuff on my mind. I'd really love to get your thoughts. Or I'd love to run some stuff by you. Or if you had an interaction in the past that didn't go well, you can say something like, hey, I don't feel fully settled about the conversation we had the other day. Is it possible for us to revisit that? You can also say, hey, I've been realizing a lot of things lately and I'd really like to get your take on it. Any chance you've got some time tomorrow? Now, if they ask you what it's regarding, tell them tell them. You can still set up a boundary and say something like, I don't think this is the best time for us to really get into it. I'd love for you to have some time to marinate and think before we chat. But it's regarding the issue around the new TPS reports that we're doing in our department. Or if it's with your partner, maybe you say, you know what, I'd really like to revisit the conversation around the financial breakdown. So you can let them know, hey, here's what it's about, but you can still establish the boundary of, I don't think this is the best time to talk. I'd love for you to be able to get your thoughts around that, and I would too, and I want to give this the time it deserves. All right, so we've got number one, get clear on your specific request. Before the talk, you're going to break down that recipe. Number two is conversational consent. Number three is when you engage in the conversation. Now you're sitting down with that person. We're going to start by owning our piece in the matter. Usually your piece in the matter is what you have not said So usually what we do is we don't speak up at all and we just get pissed and pissed and pissed and more pissed. And we get resentful and we get irritated and we might be snappy. And meanwhile, that other person may have no idea that you're upset or that it's this big of a deal for you. You can use vulnerability here as well. Again, we're not talking about abusive relationships or highly volatile or verbally abusive relationships, we're talking about when you are, let's say, married to this person and you have a really good relationship or you want to continue to work through something or it's a best friend or a sibling. We're talking about relationships where you want to use this instance and move beyond it. You want to actually be able to be better for it. So if you are able, if you do feel safe with that other person, and we don't always, You can use vulnerability. I would say if that person tends to weaponize your vulnerability, meaning when you express your emotions, saying how you feel that they say constantly, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Well, I'm sorry you're interpreting in that way. I'm sorry that you just make it up in your mind. And they always make it your fault and they never take ownership. That's usually indication that that person is not safe to be vulnerable with because they are weaponizing your vulnerability. If it's not someone like that, for example, when I have conversations with my mom, she never, ever once has made me wrong for being vulnerable, for sharing how I feel. So I know that even though we've had really tough, difficult conversations about things we feel completely polarized about. I know that I can always be vulnerable with my emotions and she won't make me wrong for that. So number three, start by owning your shit. Using vulnerability might sound something like, hey, listen, I've really had a difficult time figuring out how we're going to navigate the holidays this coming year. And I'll be really honest with you, I've been quite stressed about it. It's been really, really heavy on my heart. The last thing I would want is anyone to feel alienated or like we don't care about them. But you would have no idea that I've been this upset about it. And that's on me. So I really appreciate you having this conversation with me. So you're sharing vulnerably what's been going on for you, what, how you've been super stressed or the the load you've been carrying. But you're also saying it's wildly unfair to you that I'm go I'm having these thoughts or I'm frustrated about you asking me about Christmas plans or Halloween plans or Thanksgiving plans. That's super unfair that I'm having all of this resentment or frustration towards you and you have no idea that that's even happening. And for that, I am really, really sorry. So most of the time, it warrants an apology not for how you feel about something, but that you haven't been candid and crystal clear and just told them flat out what's going on for you. It's usually an apology that you've been taking things out on them without them knowing why or what's going on with you. And sometimes taking stuff out on someone looks like you kind of ghosting them, kind of falling off the radar, maybe not responding to their texts. And they have no idea that it's because you're just at your limit. You can't take one more thing. This can also come into play if you are revisiting a topic where Within the original conversation, you handled yourself in a way you weren't proud. And maybe you said something that was a bit below the belt, or you did start screaming and yelling, and you are committed to talking to speaking differently now. So that could be a piece of owning your shit where you say, Hey, I know the last time we talked about this, it really didn't go very well. And I have to really own how kind of acerbic and biting I was. And that is not okay. I still feel very similarly about the issue, but I really want to speak to you in a much kinder way because that's what I want. So we're starting off the conversation without being accusational to the other person. In fact, we're doing the exact opposite. We're saying, here's the things that I need to own. And that's going to be different for any of you listening, depending on your exact situation. Number four is going to be to deliver that recipe. You're going to say, here's the issue. Here's what happened. Here's how it landed for me. Here's my interpretation. And then here's my request and or here are my ideas about what we can do going forward. Something that Mr. Smith and I often will do is we will use that request piece For the both of us to say, here's what I'm going to focus on or here's what I'm going to work on. And sometimes that will come from me asking him or vice versa, what would you like to see differently from me? Or when those situations arise, what would be a better way to address it with you? Or what should I avoid? Because sometimes there's a really triggering word that if we just eliminate that, the other person might respond much better. Number five. Ask to not be interrupted and do not interrupt the other person. One of the things that you can do when you are delivering that recipe is you can say anytime you're interrupted, hey, listen, I just want to get through this. Let me just share with you my perspective and then I'm happy to hear from you. Or just quite simply, let me finish. Please let me finish please let me finish. (laughs) And so you are kind of interjecting that and you have to stay as calm as you possibly can. And that's really challenging, I'll be quite honest. And we'll talk about that here in a second. Another way you can kind of get around this whole thing of please don't interrupt me, but then also you have to extend the same grace to them and not interrupt them when they start to share their perspective. But a way to get around that is to set it up at the very, very beginning, so. As you are owning your shit and saying like, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Here's what's been going on. As you are doing that to say, here's my request. This feels so clunky and awkward and this relationship means a lot to me. So I really want to get this right. I'd really appreciate it if you'd let me just get all of this out first and then I'm happy to hear your perspective, your thoughts, and we can dig into it. But that's a great way to mitigate any sort of potential interruptions or to get ahead of someone who you think will frequently interrupt you. But also, when we get to the part where we're going to listen to them, it's going to be incredibly important that you don't interrupt either. You have to model the behavior that you are hoping to elicit from the other person. So we've got number three, start by owning your shit using that vulnerability. We've got number four, delivering your recipe. We've got number five, do not interrupt and also be ready to ask to not be interrupted. And again, your tone of voice there is incredibly important. Please let allow me to finish. I'd appreciate it if you'd let me finish. I'm not quite done yet. Let me just get through this. Something really soft where you are stopping the interruption but you're not doing it by going, can I fucking finish? (laughs) Or, okay, sure, you have the floor, go ahead, which is usually what we want to do because it's already such a dicey situation. We're already a bit uprooted. Number six, and this one is a bit more nuanced and is going to depend on the nature of the relationship with a person and also the situation, but it is to express the depth of the importance to you. Many, many years ago, I had a very close friend who ended up going through a divorce. And throughout the duration of their marriage, she frequently spoke up about the things that she wanted rectified. She was actively in therapy. She had a lot of great tools at her disposal. But one of the things that she had failed to do was express to her partner what a deal breaker a lot of these issues were for her. It wasn't expressed the magnitude of how problematic these things were for her. So because of that, she felt like, wow, I've been telling you this whole time, and he felt like I had no idea we were at divorce level. Expressing the depth of importance to you looks like this. If we aren't able to figure something out here, I don't know how much longer I can sustain this. Let's say it's in a workplace and you've been doing two people's jobs and you have to tell that boss of yours, listen, I hope I make this look easy. I pride myself on my work ethic and my ability to follow through, but the truth is I cannot do this for much longer. I have maybe one or two months in me, and that's about it. And if we aren't able to come up with a solution, and again, you're going to bring a ton of solutions and ideas, but if we aren't able to come up with some sort of a solution, I will have to start looking at other alternatives. So, this is not going to apply to absolutely everyone. And it usually doesn't apply when it's the very first time talking about the issue. It's usually when it's been something constantly revisited where that other person is not interested in a collaboration or working on a remedy. But the box you want to check for yourself is okay, if worse comes to worse and I have to leave this job or this marriage or this friendship, I want. It to be really clear of what I needed, what I was looking for, and that that was a deal breaker for me or that I was going to need to do this specific consequence. Number six, express the depth of the importance to you. What a big deal this is, that it could potentially lead you to consequences that you do not want to have to get to. Number seven, calm down tranquil dialogue. This is incredibly counterintuitive because when you feel wronged by someone or you feel as though you're not being heard or seen and you're going to engage in this conversation to try to rectify that, you already feel a sense of threat. So it's difficult to not go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn especially if the other person starts bringing up accusations and starts saying, well, if you didn't do that, if you did this, then I wouldn't have to do that. Or they start getting really blamey. Or they use this conversation as an entry point for them to air all their grievances with you. And you're like, ew, you don't get to capitalize on my bravery. (laughs) So if that does happen, you can say, hey, listen, I'm super happy to discuss that other separate issue as well. But I'd really love us to stay focused on this and then we can talk about that in a minute, right? Like make sure those two things don't get conflated and you don't your, <laughs> your mission doesn't get bogarted. Calm, tranquil dialogue. If you tend to be someone who flies off the handle or who gets very combative really quickly, you'll definitely wanna check out last week's episode around controlling your voice. And if you are somebody who gets really flooded and shuts down because the other person you're talking to tends to be the aggressor, you'll definitely want to listen to that episode as well. One thing you will want to do is speak slowly and take deep breaths When we get going and we get fired up, we tend to be rapid and we're going at like a survival pace, like hurry up, hurry up, I have to defend myself. And we don't speak slowly and we don't breathe. And those two things can also really help you when you're listening to someone else. Having a calm, tranquil demeanor is definitely something you will need to practice. And you can do this with a trusted friend or colleague or somebody like that. You could do sort of like a role play with them and have them hurl insults at you and try to really get your goat or try to argue with you about something and practice you keeping your cool. Obviously, it's going to be contrived and not as real but you can practice being in the face of volatility and still choosing to be calm. And if you're in the heat of the moment and you find that you're elevating your voice a little bit, it's starting to get escalated with the whole thing, be ready to put a pin in it instead of try trying to convince the other person that you're right. That's what tends to happen when we get really heated and it starts getting escalated. ah, And then we don't want to stop. We want to beat that dead horse about why we are right. But that very, very seldomly, if ever, will yield the result that you are looking for, which is to be understood, to be heard. And if you're yelling and screaming, they are not hearing you. So be ready with something like, I think this is going a bit off the rails. Let's just, let's put a pin in this just for let's take let's just take a walk 30 minutes or let's revisit this tomorrow or after work or something. Definitely make sure you circle back. You don't wanna leave that sort of thing open-ended. It can wreak havoc, but it is incredibly helpful and it's also really honoring to the relationship to say, I don't want that to happen for us, so <laughs> let's take a break. And then finally, number eight is collaborate stop, collaborate, and listen. (laughs) Uh, This is where you genuinely give them the opportunity to share their perspective or what's happening for them. And then you can continue with your conversation. You can continue to look at your specific request and any brainstorm that, that other person might have. A great example of this is if you are in a marriage where you would really love to get some outside support like seeing a therapist and you come into the conversation with the request of I would like us to go seek couples therapy. And let's say it's just the the really the only solution that you could think of for the two of you, like we have to get some sort of outside support. But then when you converse with your partner and you're calm and you're tranquil and you're genuinely hearing them, you're hearing to understand their perspective, you find out that when you suggest therapy that they had a really horrible experience with a the therapist when they were a child. And it's a really difficult thing for them to think about that as a solution. So in the collaboration portion, you might say something like, hey, that was just my first thought of something that could help us. I'm super open to it being another answer. It could be a course that we take together. It could be a book we read together. It could be a retreat that we go on that's specifically for couples that's in person. There could be a whole slew of things that we decide to do. Maybe it's a YouTube series that we watch or who knows. But if you go in not willing to hear that other person, you might think in that scenario, Well, they're just not willing to get help. They're not willing to work on our marriage. Perhaps they are. They just don't want that specific method because it is emblematic of trauma they have experienced in the past. So when we are able to genuinely listen, we can hear other people's experience, and then we can create solutions based off of what's going on for them as well. One of the best things that you can say during this portion when you're collaborating, you're discussing, you're trying to figure out solutions, and also hear that other person's perspective and what's going on for them is to use the word understand. I can certainly understand your perspective. Or, wow, that's that's really understandable. It doesn't mean that you agree. I'll give you a silly example. Mr. Smith and I got in an argument the other night about the restaurant that we were at, if it was or was not, in fact, in the middle, the heart of Charlotte, <laughs> where we live. And his perspective was that we were not in the heart of Charlotte. And I'm looking at the map going, we are in the heart of Charlotte. What are? And then we had to start talking about, well, what is your perspective of the heart? And, well, I said, like, smack dab in the center. And he said the same thing. And we're starting to look through, like, why are we not seeing eye to eye on this? And we're looking at it. And I'm like, okay, I can understand your perspective. I didn't necessarily agree. And I still don't agree. But I understand that that's his. And I also understand that it's not something that's worth us really arguing about. Like, that's pretty fucking dumb. But most of the time, we argue as a surface issue, so we're making it seem like it's about the map and the restaurant, but the root issue that was going on and the reason why we were a little snappy with one another was because we both had been under a lot of stress that particular day. And you might have heard me talk about root issue versus surface issue. I'm not going to get into that today. But a lot of times when you find yourself squabbling about something that really doesn't matter, like the dishwasher or some sort of food or if someone closed the window the right way, that usually is a surface issue. There's something deeper underneath that that you have to excavate for. All right, let's do a quick recap. Number one, we're going to get clear on your specific request before the talk by building your recipe. The recipe is, here's what happened, here's the issue, here's my interpretation, and then here's my request. Number two, getting conversational consent, requesting the time to talk. Number three, starting off by owning your shit, anything that you can do to softly say, hey, here's something that's on me. This is my bad. Number four, deliver that recipe. Number five, do not interrupt and also be prepared to ask someone to stop interrupting you. Number six, express the depth of the importance to you. Number seven, Create a calm, tranquil dialogue and be ready to abort mission if things start to go off the rails. Number eight, collaborate. Be willing to be flexible. Use the word understand, knowing that it does not mean you agree. And be open to solutions that you may not have thought of in the past. There you have it. I hope this has been helpful for all of you. If you ever have specific questions or issues or things that you would love for me to cover on the show or bring an expert in to talk about, you can always – click on the podcast tab over on my website over at amygreensmith.com. And there's a place for you to submit podcast topics. So if there's any sort of thing that you're like, yeah, but what do I do if this happens? Or I had this one specific issue at work. What would I do with that? Because I can't really prepare in that situation or whatever it happens to be. I would love to hear from you. I'm always taking requests. So again, scoot over to my website. And I would love to hear from you. So every single week over on Instagram, I post a meme of the particular episode that we are on that week. So if you ever want to scoot over there and just tell me what your biggest takeaway is, I would be thrilled. You can find me under the handle, Hey, Amy Green Smith. And I believe that's it for this week. I will be back in your feed next week. And please remember, you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak the bold-faced truth. Peace.